I'm going to take you all in for a minute. This is weird for me. Okay. <laughs> Please pray with me. Lord, you are our shepherd, and we are your sheep. We only understand your truth in parts, and though this understanding grows, we know we need your presence and guidance as we determine what threats are real and which are simply uncomfortable. Help us to be brave, even when fear weighs on us. Remind us to fear and still do the right thing. Amen. Speaking of fear, it scared the snot out of me. I scared the snot out of myself, anticipating forming and delivering this message. Anxiety can be a helpful, get-or-done energy focuser. Figure that one out, linguists. It is often my friend and a friend to those I choose to serve and support. I'm usually more productive. I can concentrate and stay focused more easily as well when under pressure. Anxiety is not always helpful, though. When studying the brain, they found that the amygdala is one of the parts of the brain that first processes fear. It is located in the limbic system, which is often referred to as the emotional part of our brain. The amygdala is what detects a threat. It is always interesting to think about what it is that constitutes a true threat, especially when we are faced with something neuroscientists call an, amyg an amygdala hijack, defined as when our emotional brain supersedes the logical part of our brain. Sometimes it's helpful to have the amygdala take over before our, before our thinking brain does, such as when we need to jump out of the way of a car or swerve out of the way of a couch that happens to be in the interstate. Yes, that did happen to Matt and I one time. Um, other times, like when people are unable to speak in front of a crowd, it's not exactly an immediate threat to life and limb. The amygdala can also take over our logical brains due to fear conditioning brought on by past trauma associations. These associations are often something neutral like hearing a sound or smelling a scent associated with the time you were physically in danger in the past. The anxious mind thinks about the past and the future, not so much about the present. The present reminds them, reminds the anxious brain of the past and the future, resulting in constant alertness, robbing us of our peace. Acting on instinct, often cultivating more fear. Consider Joseph's instinctual response to first learning that Mary was pregnant. It is possible to recondition our brain to better follow Jesus's anti-instinctual teachings. Teachings that go against our instincts, such as loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You could say and hope 
Jesus's teachings and example mark a key next step in human evolution. To go beyond reflexive self-protectiveness and to cultivate ways and habits for instilling and inspiring peace within ourselves and in others. Thank goodness Joseph listened to the angel, eh? To demonstrate our capability of retraining our brains, think of toothbrushing. We are not genetically predisposed to brush our teeth. It is a choice made daily that becomes habit. With that same health and well being purpose, we must also improve the type of hygiene that builds resilience for emotional health, that builds mental habits for love conditioning, an antidote to the fear conditioning that hijacks access to logical processing in the brain. It could take as little as three minutes a day. This could be journaling, mindful breathing, saying mantras heart opening movements and so on. The important thing is to stay present and keep your focus on the holy, the beautiful, as often as you are able. Emmanuel, God among us. In order to do this, here are a few practices that can help us sit with the uncomfortable and turn it into something loving and kind. In so doing, we work to be a blessing not just to ask for blessings. Let's start by breathing intentionally. You can join me from where you're sitting. Breathing exercises build strength and resilience in the body, greatly reducing stress. They also slow the mind and central nervous system, allowing the body to relax deeply. Let's try doing some breathing exercises together while contemplating Psalm 80, verse 3. The words are on the top of your bulletin if it helps you to look at them. You could instead count one, two, three, four while breathing in and again while breathing out. Your choice. I'll be guiding you using the words from the psalm. Let's begin. Feel free to shut your eyes. And as you breathe in, tell yourself, Restore us, O Lord. Breathe out. Let your face shine. Breathe in. Restore us, O Lord. Breathe out. Let your face shine. Breathe in. Restore us, O Lord. Breathe out. Let your face shine. Continue breathing in and out for three to five more breaths. That was helpful for me up here. Let's try another practice. We will do some simple movements. None of this should hurt, so don't overdo any of these movements. Okay. As we allow ourselves to be guided by instinct, usually we try to protect our heart and keep these parts of ourselves closed. To demonstrate, clench your fists and slouch deeply.
Remember that if we change the way we breathe and the way our body looks, we change our emotions. Opening our heart physically can help you reason and feel better. As we move together, watch without judgment where your body hesitates and feels stiff. Now, as you take a breath in, pick up your arms over your head. Try not to smack the person next to you. And this will be tricky, so you, some of you might have to do this. I should have told you to move. Breathe in overhead, and as you breathe out, make cactus arms as you breathe out. Breathe in with your arms overhead. Breathe out with cactus arms. We'll do about three more of those. Now let's try another heart opener. Scooch up in your chair a little bit. Give yourself like a hand width behind you if you can stand it. Place your hands behind you on your chair. Look up at the ceiling, arching your back if you're physically, physically able. As you take breaths in and out in this pose, contemplate that when we act out of love, we may cultivate more love. When we act out of love, we cultivate more love. And now for the last practice. Join me in a guided vis visualization. Feel free to fix your eyes on something or close them. Imagine you are in your heart space, inside your chest. And picture yourself in a large room with a high ceiling. There is a warm, steady flame in the middle of this space. Invite someone, either that you love and cherish or that you are currently struggling with, to join you by the fire. This could apply to the same person, of course. Allowing the warmth to comfort you both. Turn to this person. And tell them, I hope you feel peace often. And that the light of Christ's truth grows and blossoms in you. And repeat it. I hope you feel peace often. And that the light of Christ's truth grows and blossoms in you. Now allow this person and yourself to feel joy together. 
One fun way to do this is to picture carbonation bubbles rising in their dancey fashion from your belly button to the top of your head. Breathe in and out, allowing the bubbles to tickle your insides the way joy does. Let them dance. Bring yourself back into an awareness of this space and the people around you, remembering how people that walk in darkness have seen a great light. Whether these are practices you incorporate yourself or you have other ideas, do try to take at least three minutes a day to cultivate positive presence, reconditioning your brain toward love, toward Christ. Let us pray. Lord, you are our shepherd. You know that we are not always brave. Sometimes we are very afraid. Help us have the courage to follow you and to hold on to an awareness of your presence within and outside ourselves. Help us rely on you for the courage we need. In Jesus' name, amen.